Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 344 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 344. So each week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality TV channel. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week are two, two of them. Actually, they're indicative of several, but these two I have firsthand experience with, one more so than the other. Let's attack the one first that I have the most experience with, and that is Fireflies.ai. I am forever asked about Fireflies whenever I use it. What is it, you may say? Well, .ai should be an indication because everybody loves that uh, TLD, top-level domain, uh, which is for artificial intelligence, which is not what it was built for, but apparently that's what it's being used for. Fireflies.ai is my meetings transcribing software. What do I mean by this? Well, we, as you know, live in the world of virtual meetings. Whether it's Zoom, whether it's Google, whether it's, uh, good gosh, anything. There's a whole Pandora's box of them, really, right? Um, Zoom being one of the biggest ones, obviously, if not the biggest. Uh, Microsoft uh, Teams, yeah. Uh, what this allows you to do is track what's the conversations. It records the conversation, which is simple enough. There's been a lot of audio recording ones for a long time. Um, but what this does is it listens to the conversation, the meeting. It transcribes the conversation that it is listening to and will actually keep track of the speakers distinctly different. Now, granted, at first they'll say speaker one versus speaker two versus speaker three versus speaker four. Sometimes it confuses that speaker two might sound like speaker four and it might but the dialogue's there, and if you go through it because of the purpose of extracting the information, you can go in, and once you identify who speaker one, two, or three is, it moves through the whole transcription so that they're there. It also allows you to go over and segment out some of the transcripts to send back to people, saying, hey, this was the highlights. You can actually highlight the sections for people to go through, and it'll pull the highlights out and send it to everybody in an email, saying, here are the highlights of our conversation from the transcriptions. Boom. Just like that which is really cool. It allows you to also search for words and or context and or just what one particular speaker was saying. It allows you to go back and say, well, there was Lauren and four other people, but I want to know what Lauren said. And it'll go through all the timestamps and show you, and it'll when you see my transcription, you click on it and it'll play the audio back 
uh, of that transcription, which is really amazingly cool. Which brings us to the second tool, which is meetgeek.ai. Meetgeek.ai does the same thing. It has more, uh, I think, of a robust searchability to it. It allows a easier UI experience to share from because what you can do is you can select what you want highlighted, not just by highlighting it, but by topic saying, highlight all of the transcripts that refer to this, this word, this phrase or concept. And it'll go through and find when that thing is being referred to and take all of those and put them together. So if you need to send notes to somebody that may miss the meeting and say this was the topic that you missed that you're engaged with, you literally can send them the portions that are just related to that and not have to listen to the whole meeting to find it. You don't have to go listen to the whole hour-long call to find the parts you're missing. You can go to the highlighted pieces. You can ask to highlight certain topics and scroll through and it'll show you just those ones so you can get the gist of it kind of like a cliff notes of things for those old enough to remember what cliff notes are so these two tools and we'll get to more details about these in a little bit in just a second is fireflies.ai and meetgeek.ai and that is our tools for the week now for this week's hospitality technique so our technique this week is following the vein of the tools, obviously. Our technique statement is, no, that is what you said, the new transcription software. I thought it was good to feature these two and predominantly Fireflies because um, I have learned by using them, the protocol, the, the uh, decorum of using them. First off, the legalities are there. You have to let people know if you're recording them. Now, there are, of course, certain states that, you know, if you're talking to somebody in the same state, uh, they don't require you to disclose that you're recording the conversation, like Texas. Uh, and there's a handful of others like that. But given the fact that you now have such a, a, a kaleidoscope of people joining your meetings, you can't, without confirming with all of them, you are all in Texas, right? You know, the fact that you have to disclose, hey, this meeting is being recorded, and the transcriptions are, are being made. I often, in my protocol of letting people know this, I say, hey, look, this follows me around in all my meetings so that I don't have to keep notes, but I can go back and glean the information that I find most relevant to our topics and refer back to the pieces that I need as action items. I also offer to everyone that's a participant and that is being recorded with my fireflies.ai that if you would like a link to the transcriptions, Please let me know and I'll send you the link from that. Now, Fireflies also covers itself up uh, legality-wise, where if you make a meeting and Fireflies is an invited attendee, which is how it gets put into your meeting program to be recording, that's one of the ways I should say, um, then it notifies everybody that it is participating in the meeting and that it will send them a link of the transcriptions of the recording afterwards. I often get questions of people popping in for the first time that I had Fireflies in it going, hey, I got it that there was a Fireflies in here. What is that? And I explain to them what it is. And if they have a preference that we don't have that on, like people say, hey, look, I don't want a recording of what I'm talking about and I don't want it to be transcribed. This is a conversation I think that should be just audio. Then I will turn it off. You'll see it on the screen. It's like a person participating in the screen. It occupies one of the tiles. 
and it shows up in the attendees. So people know whether you're using it or not using. You can't say, oh, I'm turning it off, but you don't turn it off. You never want to do that anyway. But it shows if who's participating in the meeting, like any Zoom or meeting uh, uh, Microsoft Teams or Google Meet uses. So uh, there is a protocol to these and the legality to using these. But the advantages of using them are amazing. First off, most of our time is consumed, and I would say most, a good portion of our time is consumed in meetings and collaborations and talking. A lot of times, unless you are a prolific writer, and notepads and I have friends that do that, I used to do that quite a lot too, um, it's convenient that it's there. Because uh, then you know nothing got missed, nothing fell off the, the plate, so to speak. Um, that you can always go back and catch those pieces. It's also good, uh, especially given the dynamics of the meeting, that either somebody like me talks too fast or too prolifically, and you want to cut through the clatter and get to the points. Uh, those these are very useful transcriptions to use. If uh, you need to make sure that there is an absolute clarity to guidance and direction. What better way than have the transcriptions and the audio to go back and say, this is literally what you said. It really helps. Um, you may think of it as a ha-ha, I caught you kind of thing. I've never, ever, really, ever used it. Yes, everybody has the circumstances of that's not what you said. <laughs> and yes, you could go back to the transcript and say, we're going to play back the part that you thought you said, but you didn't. But this is what you said. I've never done that. Nobody likes being done that done to them. It's often easier to know that this is the expression, you know, unless it gets into legalities and you're dealing with you know, the legal aspects of this. Most of the time, nobody likes being called out going, here's your recording and that's not what you said. Unless, you know, that, they're being real dorks about it. So it is important that you put in context using these tools. But that said, you can also get a huge advantage on making sure that the, the granularity of the dialogue does not get lost, the continuity of it, the ability to go back to it, where you may have been in a meeting and, and you were there for a particular point of interest. But by the very nature of the meeting, a lot of other really important things were discussed. And people remember saying, wait a minute, didn't we talk about that on that one XYZ meeting on such date? And to be able to go back to that meeting and play it back or just send the transcripts of it or research now that meeting in relationship to that topic and pulling the extracted information out of it and sharing it with the people going, yeah, we did. Here's the pieces that were a part of it. That is such a helpful thing rather than trying to remember from memory what was said and was that really what it was? Or I think they referred to such and such or what was the name of that website? No problem, no issues, no worries. It's in the transcripts. And that is a huge, really huge asset to, to fool. Plus also, if you're being brought into a meeting, it's not you that are calling me and you're bringing brought into the meeting, you can ask, hey, look, I have this, this note-taking software. I'd like to add it. And you click it on the side and it pops, it pops up and say, you want to record this meeting? And it pops it up and it puts a notification up that says, this meeting is now being recorded in the view of your tile in the meeting. So people know, hey, Lauren's recording this and there's a transcription and so forth. Then you want to go through the protocols. Like, hey guys, I'm going to turn this on Everyone good with that, right? If anybody needs a copy of it, which is what I do, you don't always have to do this, but you know, if you want a copy of this, I can send you a link to this. So it, you can introduce it either by making the meeting or participating in the meeting, you can bring it into you. The note-taking capability and being able to extract out the data points and use them, especially with when you do with project management tools like what we use with teamwork and so forth, is profoundly helpful. I literally can cut and paste 
the directions asked or the update given or the detail offered and drop it right into my task list or cards uh, of, 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 of tasks to do verbatim. Don't have to do a lot of typing, which really speeds up the process. Okay, that was an action item out of that meeting. Cut, drop, in, done. It's a task, it's assigned, it has time consumption to it, it has a date start and a date stop, all good. Hugely helpful when it comes to those types of things. And if you say, well, you know, sometimes our meetings are in Spanish. Uh, sometimes they're in French, sometimes they're in Japanese. Not a problem. Sometimes one person is speaking English, but two people go off on Spanish because it expedites the conversation. It transcribes all of that. And if somebody says, well, you know, Spanish is more native to me and I prefer to understand what was said in Spanish, it'll transcribe it in Spanish for you. and We can send it over to people if they want it in Spanish. It makes it incredibly helpful to be able to have that kind of detail record of what was done on a meeting that so oftentimes, given different focuses and, fo and efforts, gets lost that something was maybe brought up brilliantly in a meeting, but because that wasn't the original purpose of the meeting, it got lost in the dialogue during the meeting. But you can go back to it later, which also makes it nice that as you build these files up of all these meetings, notes, and things that you have, it is a searchable database. You can go into these databases with these tools like Fireflies, like MeetGeek, and others that allows you to go back and research the continuity of a content through different meetings because it can look into the meetings transcripts and literally pull out the correlated data. So it's very cool. So that is our technique of the week. No, that is what you said. The new transcription software. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So our news and show review. Um, <laughs> this was inspired by an email, actually a couple of emails over... Well, actually, more than a couple of emails, several emails, a couple most recently that really pushed up to the point is like, Lauren, you refer to sometimes well, how you made your agency versus other agencies. I know firsthand agencies, this, this, this. You know, what are we getting for what we're spending? So I thought it made a topic for a live show that it was very relevant and it certainly resonated because not only we have an amazingly excellent participation on all the channels we broadcast on simultaneously for the live show, which is the Facebooks, the LinkedIn's, the Twitters, the the YouTube's, and so forth, and multiple platform, multiple pages within all of them, but also. Our live broadcast on Twitch TV, which is weird, but our TV channel, our real legitimate TV channel that's on Roku, that is on uh, Amazon Prime, that is on uh, YouTube TV or, or, or Google TV, excuse me, and is on, um, what am I missing, uh, Amazon, Apple, Apple uh, Plus, and it, just look for Hospital Channel, it's there, but our TV shows up. So the topic of our live show today was when it comes to agencies, what falls off the plate? And... You know, it wasn't trying to be self-fulfilling as to what I do in comparison to others. And it wasn't supposed to be self-promotion you know, promotion because we don't do that on the live show about what I do in comparison. But it was the best easy reference point of why I do the way I do the things that I do. Because agencies, as we discussed in the live show, offer services built to the scale of what they can offer. Not necessarily what is the best solution for you. They always frame their answers to your questions under the context of what they can do for you rather than what you could have done for you, which might be a better solution than what they can offer. And I talk about the fact that a lot of what they do is also limited by the capability of getting it done. So if you are needing a meta search program, they don't have someone that is fluent in meta search, but they'll go to a, a, an insulatory third party vendor, white label them potentially, 
that will say, well, okay, we'll set up your meta search, but they rely upon the other third party vendor that they're using that they're not totally maybe connecting you with um, the, to handle it, then you might not be getting a full solution that would be beneficial had they had somebody that actually handled that product or services. Or worse yet, because they didn't offer the product and services, they discourage your interest in it because they couldn't provide the service solution for you. Um, a lot of times, think of it as a relationship where you're married and you're asking somebody that the your married partner might look at uh, as as interest co- uh, competition where why are you asking them to do that for you instead of me or or why would you want them to do it uh, to end up being in the first place that third party on third party thing of like wait a minute wait a minute I'm the person that does that with you not them don't be getting out don't start getting other vendors involved that we're not in control of so they always have that perspective as all things do of what it is that falls under their wheelhouse of services, not necessarily the best solution of all the solutions that are available to you as the client. Also add to that conversation that within agencies, a matter of monetization of the services they offer you is diminishing their costs in relationship to what they're providing as service. I made the example I make in many cases when I speak in front of, of conferences and so forth is whenever a agency or service industry or service pro, uh, company is provide, uh, pitching you for what they do, ask them to raise their hand, those in the room, of the ones that would actually do the work that they're offering to you. What you'll find is nobody can legitimately raise their hand truthfully because they are the A-team. They are the best at what they do. They can't, due to scale, be the people that do all the work that they offer to all the clients they're offering it to because they just are in, they don't have the bandwidth, they themselves, to do it. They may supervise, they may oversee, they may be initially involved to make sure that it goes in the pattern that they they, they offered and so forth, but they aren't the true long-term facilitator of the solutions they are providing you. For that reason, what they do is they bring back what they sold you to their internal systems, their internal departments, and it goes down to the least costed person for the most functional functions. So, Instead of having their ace SEO person, let's say, the one that was in the room pitching you about all the cool stuff they do for SEO, it goes back to the SEO department. Depending upon what they said or what you bought, and let's be more specific, what you bought as services from them, there's a standardization of those services within their internal structure that's handled by the most affordable person. They're going to give the most bulk amount of time consumption to the least costed person in their organization, which is usually their junior, junior grade person that does the square peg, square hole functionality. Do this keyword research. Do this setup and configuration. Do this citation work. What happens is, though, the ability to do it best in the sense of creative interpretation, proper filtering, adaptations, creatively doing the right things may not come into play because they're the most inexperienced person doing it and therefore lack the depth to know all the influencing things that they could do that they didn't do simply to check the box of what they said they were asked to do. And so that's what falls off the plate is that that innovative insightfulness that yes, I did your 25 keywords, but if you really looked at the 25 keywords, you'd find that five of those are really irrelevant, but because the math metric social uh, uh, software brought them into the play, they were taken in bulk and used for what was being asked, which is here's your top 25 keywords. 
worth five of them weren't worth the effort and five of them shouldn't be used for other strategies and five of them shouldn't be used for other ad campaigns in the paid program but because the chain gets created oh the seo department gave us the keywords let's take those let's go to the ad campaigns let's verify them they don't they just move forward because it's checking a box that's the kind of stuff that can fall off the plate with agencies that you need to ask the granular questions okay so you're going to do keyword research for me how is that done? And then how do you filter the results that are most applicable to me? Are you still just basing it on the numbers of volume and the potential of its volume and impact on me? I know I can, you know, the, the top keyword is hotel. Problem is I'll never rank for the word hotel, but it's one of my top 25 keywords. It doesn't benefit me. There's no strategic value to knowing this. There's no strategic value using that. It's a, a useless piece of content that wouldn't be done by a low-grade person. They wouldn't do that kind of interpretation. They would just keep it in the list saying, yeah, hotel's one of your number one keywords. You should go for it. No, I'm not. And it's too much money to even think that we would be spending it for it. So that's the kind of agency falls off the plate kind of stuff that I refer to. Um, great. It was a fun show. It really was. It was kind of inspirational in this sense because it is a kind of a peek behind the curtain feel perspective of the show as to what things you should look at and quite types of questions you should ask your agents that you have working with. Uh, and this isn't to condemn that all agencies are bad and terrible by any stretch. No, all agencies do exceptionally well on things and those are the things that they can do better on. Um, it's knowing how to ask the questions to make them aware of the fact that you're aware of their process so that it always keeps them on the forefront of, well, you know, before we knock that down to a lower level, we know that these guys are pretty much in tune with how we're doing things. I prefer that we keep this at a higher level. I know it's going to cost a little bit extra more money, but it's going to keep the relationship with the client solid, knowing that we're keeping that dedication to them. That's what you want in the relationship with the agency so that things don't fall off the plate. Newsworthy. Tragically, we have to talk about the same stuff that we talked about last week. And unfortunately, I hope, with all hope, so we don't talk about it next week, but I'm afraid that we might have to. And that is what's happening politically right now and the impact on all society in all economies and so forth not gloom and dooming it you know we have uh inflation we have cost of good increases we have supply chain issues we have now issues related to um, bar, um uh, sanctions and so forth that are creating metrics um, like fuel costs these things affect the expendable income of our transient travel business they affect the corporate travel budgets that were just put back into the budget this year in the hopes that uh, COVID with the pandemic, which is still around us, albeit that the rules and guidelines are being shedded, people are still affected by this and sometimes a thousand a day tragically uh, with this. So even though the numbers are down, every number is a person. So all that being said, not to be political about this, there is impacts on two things we always look at within our industry, short-term, long-term. Short-term, we're in spring break push for those business cycles that receive positive benefit for the time of year because of spring break. Um, I don't think, given even the increased prices of gas that have, have been this past week, that it's going to put a severe damper on demand. I think people are going to push to do this because they planned on doing this and they will look forward to doing this. I think the real impact is the sustainable cost and impacts of inflation, cost of living, cost of goods, cost of rent, cost of home ownership, whatever. If they continue to go in the pace and growth of the, in the negative impact growth that they're doing, the long-term impact into our summer cycle is the one I'm most concerned with uh, because it is going to have a diminished impact of how is this going to be adjusted for for people's budgets. 
uh, personal budgets and corporate budgets. Are they going to restrict what they're planning on doing? Modify what they're planning on doing? Well, we know though for certainty both of those are going to happen, but to what degree? How much is it going to put a, a wet blanket, so to speak, on what we had as last year's amazingly stellar pent-up demand, which we know still exists, although it has been satiated to some degree, for certain people, it's still not satiated for everyone. How is that going to affect the demand cycle summertime? Are we going to see another summer like we had last year? Will it be a lesser effect? Will it be more close to normal? Will it be below normal because of all what's going on? You know, obviously, international travel has its impacts, not just from the real tangible planes aren't flying over Russia, which in itself can create issues of travel for people logistically. Those numbers are a little bit low to say it's hitting a world economy. But just from the concerns of travel that are happening, maybe to Europe, maybe to the Middle East, uh, maybe to Asia, depending upon how things influence other things, you know, and just that influence potential is what's happening, uh, is something to be uh, thoughtful of. So now, so more than ever, as with all times, all times, uh, what people say is new normal is, not, is dynamic budgeting, dynamic market strategy flexibility, and knowing what you would be going to before the impact of what actually makes you want to have to go to it. What are your contingency variables that you are accounting for? Loss of channel segmentation, production, loss of a channel production in its entirety, loss of demand to market, um, increased cost impact compared to marketing campaigns. You have to have tangible values. What is your must-pay you know, hardcore, hard costs, things. What are your contingency plans and how are you planning for them? That's the part you have to have in your daily conversations now. These are the parts you have to be planned and ready for. So even if they don't come through, you are planned and ready for it should it have happened. So there you have it. Remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Podcast. The list goes on 39 platforms and counting. We're even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Simply ask those platforms to play, hey, you know, the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. And of course, no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please rate us and leave a comment on the platform you discovered us on. That helps not only us to know what you like, what we're talking about, and also whether you have suggestions or topics. I answer each and every email that I get at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. But it also allows others to help us them discover the content as well. And of course, if this is your first time hearing us, please smash the subscribe button on the platform you discovered us on. And we do update these every week. We have a podcast each and every week. We have a live show each and every week, the archives of which all can be found at Hospitality Marketing, excuse me, hospitalitychannel.tv. We play back all of our podcasts, all of our shows in uh, never-ending loops of, of videos. We have, we're in our eighth year of the live show. We're in our 17th year of the podcast. So we got quite an a, a archive of shows that we can play uh, over the course of time. Of course, the, fun, the late ones are the fun ones. Uh, also, please don't forget that we do do our live show uh, every Friday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing. That, too, also is archived at hospitalitychannel.tv. You can also watch our TV channel called The Hospitality Channel on Roku, on Apple+, Plus, on uh Android, on your phones and your apps and your app tablets and everything. It's an app as well. But more importantly, it's also on your TVs that you use for all of your TV media, OTT media. Uh, like I said, you can find us on Google uh, TV. You can find us, which is Android TV. You can find us on Apple TV. You can find us on Roku. Uh, you can find us on Amazon Prime. Uh, just look for the Hospitality Channel and there it is. Just 
download and there you go. So with that, um, thank you for the privilege of your time. My name is Lauren Gray, and I look forward to speaking to you all next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 344 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, All Right Reserved, Copyright 2022. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.